today we're going to talk about what a fix and flip is and what are the steps to do a flip. As a single professional, I had debt and no savings after my divorce. I always wonder how I can start investing in real estate to secure my future. I studied programs that gave me all the benefits of investing in real estate. Some claim I could start with no money, but I could not find one that gave me the practical, actionable steps I needed. As a wealth advisor, I've met people that own real estate, but weren't ahead financially. They were rich, but they weren't wealthy. Then I finally realized that there was one vital component missing that makes someone become wealthy or not. And on the show, I will reveal what I found and give you the step-by-step -step actions to start investing in real estate and increase your wealth. My name is Araceli. Let's get started. Okay, guys. So I have a few notes here today. And so just you might see me going back and forth. So I just don't want to miss anything. So the first thing that I want to tell you is what is a fix and flip? So the definition of it is to find a discounted property, close on the property, perform all the renovations or repairs, and resell it for a profit. So that's what a fix and flip is. Today, I wanna to concentrate on the steps to do and perform a repair or a renovation. So we do have a few steps. I'm just gonna go through them right now. So first of all is seven steps. One is develop this uh, scope of work. What is it going to take? Second, then you're going to do a contractor bid. Number three, sign contractor agreements. Four, have a meeting after demolition and cleanup. Very important. Number five, supervise the work. Number six, final walkout. And number seven, bait the contractor. And after that, you're going to be ready to sell your fix and flip. So let's get started with the first one. So number one is developing the scope of work. So if you're a contractor, you know exactly what that means. The scope of work is exactly what they're going to be repairing. It has to stipulate exactly what they will do. Also with your contractor, you need to figure out if they're going to be supplying the materials, make sure that they give you a separate um, list for what is for materials and what is for labor, if possible. And also who is responsible to picking up all of these as well. If you're hiring a general contractor, is he going to be responsible for everybody or do you have to have any say on it? Maybe you need to hire somebody specifically, not only the people that are there. But mostly when you have a general contractor, they will take care of everything and then you will manage the contractor. But remember, at the end of the day, this is still your project and you are completely responsible for it. Okay. Step number two, you're gonna get a minimum of three quarts. At the beginning when you're starting, and especially if you're in an area that you don't know very well, it's advisable that you get three quotes. And the reason that you're going to spend a lot of time on the scope of work is because you want to make sure that you give this to the contractors 
exactly the same. So you can compare apples to apples. And as I mentioned, make sure that you ask them to divide the uh, materials and the labor because some contractors will give you a total estimate or quote. They'll say it'll take you $30,000 to complete the entire, the entire work. However, when you compare it, let's say they give you $30,000 and then there is another one that comes in at $40,000. And then you think, oh, well, the one for $30,000 would be better because it's cheaper. But because you don't know what they quoted you for, maybe this is only the labor that is included. And maybe they want that $40,000 includes the material and labor. So when you compare both of them, apples to apples, you know, if you're going to add the material with the one that has $30,000 worth of labor, you might end up paying $50,000 instead of going with the contractor that has given you a $40,000 quote. So that's why it's important to compare the three quotes under the same basis, labor and materials. So that would be for number two. Step number three. Here's where you're going to sign all the contractor documents. And we have a few of those things that need to be filled out. So first of all is the contractor agreement. You need to have the agreed detail scope of work. So exactly what they're going to do. What is the payment schedule that you're going to give them? So are you going to give them a little bit of money for materials or are they going to put that in themselves and then you have to give them certain draws at certain times. So all of that has to be stipulated in that contract. And one of the things that you need to ensure is that the contractor has liability insurance and also workers' compensation. Just in case something happens, you don't want to be left there uh, with a lawsuit, but somebody uh, got injured and now you're responsible for it because they are working in your house. Then you're going to have a W-9 form. This is for the United States and the W-9 form is something that it has all of the contractor information. They have their uh, social insurance number, their legal name if they are working under a company, and all of the details that you need to be able to pay them and also to take to your accountant at the end of the year. And you're going to have also a lien waiver. Now the lien waiver, you're not going to sign it right now, but you want to make sure that it's in the documentation because you're going to do that at the end of the project. And in step number four, you're going to have a meeting after the demolition and the cleanup. So you want to ensure, depending on how extensive the renovation is, especially if you're going to do a big uh, renovation, take everything down, walls and everything else, then you definitely need to meet with the team. If you're doing something very simple, like maybe just a cosmetic job, painting, you probably don't need this meeting. But if you do have more extensive work, you need to meet with everybody to see what is going on. You may be able to find mold. Maybe there is a wall that you wanted to take down and you can't and it's going to require extra work if you want to do that. Maybe you need to move some of the plumbing or electrical. And if something wasn't accounted for 
in the first quote that is going to add additional money. Sometimes, you know, maybe moving um, a wiring is not going to add anything, but it still it needs to be documented. So just do the walk around and see if there's anything else that you missed or that the contractor did not put into their uh, quote. And you can adjust that accordingly. Step number five is to supervise the work. If you are the one doing the management of all the independent contractors, you know, it depends on how big it is. And I'm just going to go, but the biggest um, renovation, which is taking everything down and cleaning up and redoing walls and so on. Uh, if you are going to be acting as a project manager and managing each one of those, then it's even more important to have this. If you have a general contractor, you still have to supervise him and meet with him directly. Even though you're not gonna supervise each one of the operations, you wanna make sure that everything is on time and on the right sequence. And if there's any issues with contractors or subcontractors, you wanna know about it because it might affect the timeline. So in this one, there are a few steps that you need to follow. So first is you need to agree and mark all the layouts. And this is important because you have the framer, the plumber, and the electrician that they need to know where connections are gonna go. So they can start planning for materials and they can also tell you if it's possible or not. Then you're gonna have the framing. If you're doing any framing uh, or if you are taking down a wall and anything like that, you need to do that first. But ensure that the plumber and the electrician know about it because if something needs to be rerouted from that particular place, then you need to know what it's going to take. After your framing is completed, you're going to do an inspection. Then you're going to have the plumber and the electrician to complete their work. After that, you're going to do another inspection. Then if you need to put insulation, then this is the time to do it. And then you're gonna do another inspection. After that, then you're gonna be doing quite a lot of work. You're gonna do the, all the drywall, doors, windows, trims, all the interior painting, and then you're gonna have the plumber and the electrician come back to do the final connections. After that, then you're gonna do another inspection to make sure that all of the connections work properly, that you have water, nothing is leaking, everything is in place before you do your flooring. Flooring always will go at the end. And after that, you're ready for a cleanup. After the cleanup, if you do have an inspector or any of, of the subcontractors need to call somebody to verify like an electrician, if you're doing extensive work for the electrical, maybe the electrical panel had to be updated or rerouted. This is a time for the city inspection to come and uh, make sure that everything is in place. And guess what? Now you are ready. And step six is to pay the contractor. So you're going to do a final inspection and make sure that everything is done up to your specifications and scope of work. 
if something is not correct, this is the time to address it with the contractor or the general contractor. Then at this point in time, if everything is up to your standards, now you're going to get the contractor or general contractor to sign the lien waiver. And now you're going to be paying them. Remember the lien waiver is so important because if something happens and the, the contractor or, or subcontractor come back and says, well, you know, you didn't pay me or you didn't pay me enough. If there's any kind of dispute, they can put a lien on the property. But if they sign this waiver, then that is proof that you have paid them and all the work is completed. Then you can go ahead and do a thorough cleaning of the property. And in some states or provinces, staging is very big. And if that is the norm in the place that you're going to be selling, then you need to get the stager at this point. And remember, you're going to be talking to your realtor all along this way to make sure that the property is ready up to the specifications that you talk to the realtor with to sell the property as soon as possible. So these are all of the steps that you need in order to complete a flip. To summarize all of the steps for a flip, you need to have to develop a scope of work, which is exactly what needs to be done. Contractor bid, get three quotes if you don't already have somebody vetted. Number three, sign contractor agreement. Number four, have a meeting with the contractor or general contractor after demolition and cleanup. Supervise the work if you are acting as project manager. If not, then the general contractor will take care of this, but you still have to be responsible for checking up on him. Number six, do a final walkout. And number seven, bake your contractor. So this is all it takes. It, it seems like a lot of steps, but they are, you know, they one fits into another. And it's just a matter of keeping that on track with your general contractor or coordinating with all your subcontractors. I hope that helps. See you in the next one. Thank you for being here on the show. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get notified when there are more shows available. And if you would like to have more information on how to start investing in real estate, please visit my website at www.arisalihernandez.com. Thank you.